2: This podcast is brought to you by Men's T Clinic. Men's T Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972 GO Men's T or visit men'steaclinic.com.
3: KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan. The Rangers Party continues. Fan Fest over the weekend for the world champions. What we heard, what we learned, and did. You get to go eight seven seven I'm actually going to toss it over to Alec Medford to begin this because he not only went, he did a show there on Saturday. Clearly, there were significantly more people than usual. What did you think the scene was like this past weekend?
4: It was kind of ridiculous, like, in all the right ways. I saw people were lining up the day before outside the building, parking uh, at, like, you know, 6 in the morning, day of. And the line was incredible. Even the media lot was all full. Like, everybody wanted to be there. Uh, There was a lot of familiar faces, and everybody was just really happy. That was the cool thing, you know? It seemed like a lot of people was finally setting in that the World Series championship is home. You know, they, they got to see the trophy. They got to meet some of the guys. And it was like, wow, you know, this actually happened.
3: I know why it's dominated the entire offseason. Do you think that same vibe, regardless of where the team is sitting at, will roll through the regular season? Like if there are 50 and 50 and you're like, yeah, you might be able to make a run at the wild card. We'll see. Do you still think the vibe will be like, hey, I hope we make it. But also we won the World Series. So I think this is a good question. I'll ask you. We've had this once in our
2: life before, and that would be the 2012 Dallas Mavericks, right? So it's a little bit different. You lost a key contributor in Tyson Chandler, and then you got the guy who was doing swing stuff with one of the Kardashians, and then Lord um, yeah, and like drugs a whole bunch. But
3: people thought that was a blowing up of the team, right? Yeah, but I, I,
2: I nobody guess halfway thinks through that, that, that for this season, Rangers team, do they? I don't think so. Okay. But halfway through that season, it was kind of like, hey, we were still. Like, we're still, we're the champs. I can't believe it. We're the NBA champs. This doesn't look like it's going as well as we'd hoped. Um, But it was still like this glory of, hey, we still are the champs. And maybe something magical could happen in the playoffs. So, uh, I think that it could be that way if the Rangers are 50 and 50. Because you would, I would look at it and go, hey, they can still make the playoffs. We've seen these guys be counted out. I counted them out. After that loss in Seattle, I wasn't saying, hey, you know what's going to happen? The Rangers are now going to win the World Series. I thought they're in big trouble going to Tampa Bay right now. And they did great. So I think that we will live off of this moment for a while. Now, if they start off 20 and 40, the opposite of last year, we'll just be talking like, hey, let's play highlights from last year.
4: All right, so... Which I
2: don't think they're going to go 20 and 40 to start the year.
4: We've discussed this a number of times, too, and, but I wanted to kind of show the trajectory of this. The year before... So 2009, the Rangers' attendance was 2.15 million. Okay. The year they go to the first World Series, 2.5. The nec- They lose the World Series. The next year, they go back to the World Series, 2.94. All right? The next year... Three point four million. Yeah. You just won the World Series with two point five million people in your in your stadium. I feel like we're gonna get back up to three million. The interest will be there, and everybody's gonna want to be there for some Hurtado. So like that's that's another thing that goes into it. Two locations two locations inside the stadium. And everything builds up
3: to the midseason classic, Being Here. Being Here. This is really interesting. I believe it was Evan Grant wrote the article, and I had no idea this was the case, is this is the best time it's ever been, obviously, to be a Rangers fan, but you could argue this is the best time it's been to be a fan of any baseball team because in this 12-month span, the Rangers will have won the World Series, host the All-Star Game, and get a player in the Hall of Fame. The last time that happened was 1939 with the Yankees and Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth had actually already been inducted or been uh, voted into the Hall of Fame, but they didn't have a building, and so it wasn't until 1939 that they actually put him. It was just into an idea. Yes, wow. it was like a concept. And so the Rangers, it's incredibly fun. We talk about fan Fest, but also. Even if you were all hoping for Jordan Montgomery, but even if that doesn't work out, work out. you just got Adrian Beltran to the Hall of Fame, and you're going to have the All-Star game here.
4: Yeah, those are... And
3: your guy's going to be coaching
4: it. Yeah, and or your guy's going to be managing it. Yes. And most likely... Jonaheim won't be in it because he's not one of the top ten uh, or top so nine dumb. catchers, uh, evidently. Or so ten. But, uh, but I mean, you're probably going to have a number of those guys as All-Stars. Now, this year, the the fan vote got the, the a lot of Rangers in, right? It was uh, us and, and Tampa trying to keep Toronto out of it. I wonder if that, like, continues. The but Rangers. Yeah. But I, I think Mike's right about the, the hope for being in the playoffs. I think as long as you have Bruce Bochy, at the helm, you believe you're in something. You believe yeah. you have some, the ability to do something special. So I
2: can remember three, four years ago, my sons wanted Ranger jerseys. And I'm like, well, I know this was the year because what year was Jack Leiter drafted? 21? 2021. I think so. So think about that. That's not that Long, long ago. ago. 2021, my son goes... Man, I want a Rangers jersey, but I don't know who to get. Good point. And I'm like... Joey Gallo. I don't know either. And he didn't want Joey Gallo because there was the trade rumors, right? And I'm like... And he's like, they make Jack Lighter jerseys? Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I can make one? Like, I don't know what number he's going to be when he makes the major leagues, but that's where the Rangers were at. Now... If you go, you're choosing, obviously, Corey Seager is a big one. Marcus Simeon, Josh Young, who was a great all-star rookie. And now you have Evan Carter jerseys that are out there. We know that uh, Adolis Garcia is a fan favorite and sells a lot of jerseys. And now you're going to have Wyatt Lankford coming up. And a lot of people are going to want Wyatt Lankford jerseys. So I think there's so many star players on this team from going from 2021 literally no stars on the team, nobody to invest a hundred fifty to three hundred dollars in a jersey. To now, you have five six choices, and I didn't even mention these two guys. But a future Hall of Famer, Max Scherzer, still is on the team right. that you well, can.
4: And, and Mike, that's that's what the buzz was for me last year going into the season. I get to watch Jacob Degrom pitch live for my team. Like that was exciting for me last year, and I know just like Mike said, like he's. You got Max Scherzer, potentially by the end of the season, and Jacob DeGrom. Not to mention that the Wyatt Lankford stuff is building. And as soon as that game pops up, that where his first game pops up, that that place. I was there for the Josh Young game. Everybody was so excited to be there for Josh Young's game, and he hits a home run. It was super exciting. Evan Carter, you get to go watch him in in his whole first season. So I think there are a lot of really cool storylines to be attached to to keep you in that stadium, oh, and maybe not even Kevin. If I feel like I keep saying in the stadium. Just the buzz about what yeah. they've accomplished. Yes, I think there's too many wanna, good team yeah.
2: players to follow and too many yeah. good players that they're not going to be bad.
3: Sure. No, I agree with that. And they did bring back, Corey, you brought this up on Friday, that it looks like it was trending in the right direction, but the Rangers did go ahead and get the deal done with El Blondi, Travis Jankowski. Travis Jankowski. One year. El one, Blondi. Yeah, you never heard that? El Blondi. I must have El missed Blondi. that one. El Blondi. With an eye. With an I. Is one year, $1.7 million deal. And when you look at some of the relief deals that have been thrown out there and everything, this feels like a steal for somebody who had some very key moments for the Rangers this past year.
4: Yeah.
2: You love it. It In a way, I don't know this because he's a great utility outfielder, left-handed bat, great uh pinch runner if you need that gives guys a day off not gonna obviously have power he can but, be
4: every day for a couple months
2: right well um maybe a not a, yeah in, the, in that situation and it doesn't in a way maybe people don't like this I think I'm not saying Wyatt Langford's not going to make the team but it's not like hey should we just have A rotation of these four guys i don't think the rangers want a four-man outfield rotation so they're like all right i'm not saying this is going to happen start wyatt langford in triple a make sure what he did last year in the minor leagues can continue honestly i bet the rangers don't expect it to continue It'd be freaking Willie Mays if it continues, which yeah. I hope it does. I hope he is the next Willie Mays. That would be amazing. But let's just give him a little bit more time to make sure this is all good and right. I mean, there's a dude. By the way, I looked up Dylan Cruz's numbers because I was like, I wonder what he did. Because I was, he was the second overall pick, the LSU center fielder, the other guy. Like in the
4: SEC, these are the two guys. He batted a thousand in the in the pros. Well, he had three hits, three for three. Hell yeah, Dylan Cruz. Mm-hmm. He got called up. Yeah. I didn't even know
2: he got called up. I just looked at it. It was, minor it was late.
4: Yeah, I was. I looked it up uh, that last week.
2: Okay, but he uh, he had a really good – he was really good. He wasn't as good. He wasn't crazy, but it was really good. And we're not hearing right now, as far as I know, that Dylan Cruz is going to start this year in the major right. leagues.
4: Oh, maybe I'm wrong about I don't, that. I don't think he did. Fall CL, FCL, and then rookie, level rookie. So that was in their system. My okay. bad.
3: Now, somebody asked, what's the timetable like on our pitchers? Take this for whatever it's worth. It is at FanFest. But Scherzer said he's past the initial six-week high-risk period for a herniated disc. So he feels good going into spring training, and his estimated return date remains around June or July. And then Jacob deGrom... Said he feels great and he's hoping he can start throwing in spring training. But again, What? Probably. That
4: is insane.
3: But not to the level of like he's hopping up on the mound and you're like, hey, maybe. But like, that's his hope is that he can start throwing the ball at spring training. But you're still probably similar to Scherzer. You're probably more looking at like July or August. So if Scherzer is June or July. Maybe DeGrom would be July or August. And that, It still might not go your way or our way.
2: Mike Maddox has let us know with the double Tommy John at his age. Hey, we're all hopeful. He's Jacob DeGrom has to keep optimism, right? I mean, we saw the devastation when he blew out. Yes. uh, And and was like, oh, no, I got to do this again and at this age. And Mike Maddox is kind of letting you know, hey, hopefully he comes back and hopefully he looks like the Jacob DeGrom that we saw in New York when he was healthy, but it's not a guarantee your second Tommy John in your sure. mid-30s is going to just come back and be the exact same guy. And then how quick do you want to force it? Because he does have four years left on his contract. To be honest, there was two years left on his contract, the Rangers might be a little bit more aggressive in July and go, what the hell? I mean, he's got two years left in his career on this contract. And But when you have another three years after this, you want to be careful and make sure that you get as much as you can out of this four years left
4: it i can't say with certainty that the rangers planned it this way but if all the the way his whole season the way it went that just spell where he was missing and we were like what's going on there yeah and we all had questions and the rangers were like well, i mean we don't know we'll see and then they throw him back out there in a pro game And he looks bad and then he looks a little better and then he looks a little better and then he looks back to that dominant form. And then he like just runs the playoffs. That's where you want him to be at his healthiest, right? DeGrom and Scherzer, that's where you want them to be at their healthiest. Kevin, hell yeah! if it all just happened to work out that you're piddling your way through the first part of the season and then on the back half of the season, your star pitchers show up and are ready for pl- in playoff form, then that I'm fine with the way that it, it might work out if they can stay healthy and they are what they are by but at that point.
3: There is nothing I would love more like, than hey. for DeGrom to show up in August, get better, get better, and then run October yeah. like you just him, said. Him and I'm Max, for him and Max
4: are on horses with flags and a bugle now cavalry's
3: here now that would be awesome
4: i want to see that which one's playing the bugle
3: uh jankowski do you know how
4: to play bugle
3: no i can work on that josh young was on the g-bag nation on friday he was also out at fan fest and i think this is the kind of encouraging thing that you definitely want to hear because we're concerned about the turnover with the bullpen you know obviously there's been a lot of discussion about Jordan Montgomery and things along those lines, no Raldo Chapman. There are other people that go into that. But there's still hope that players like Josh Young, who we were all very pleased with his season, he said, I had a good season, but I think I could have had a great season.
2: Well, the thumb obviously slowed it down,
3: right? And was he, he was
2: maybe going to get rookie of the year at that moment. I could see
3: that. But I think his concern obviously. That happened. He fractured his left thumb. He missed about six weeks, give or take. But I think his concern is the production once he came back. He's saying, I could have still had a great season because pre-All-Star break, hitting 280. Post-All-Star break, only 34 games. So a significantly smaller sample size. Still hit 280. 229. (laughs) (laughs) That's different.
2: and the, the other things, sorry, curious. Corey, to lay down there. <laughs> when you look at it, remember we talked to him in spring training, and he was talking about, "I just really want to be healthy because he's never been yeah. healthy his professional career, and so he still hasn't been." That was bad luck. That wasn't like. Oh, gosh, his shoulder went out on him again or his, weird, or his yeah. knee, you know, you know, jammed into sliding into second base or something like that. That was a weird he had a
4: 110 mile rocket hit off his hand. So
2: hopefully in 122 games last year, obviously, that's by far his 2021. He had 78 games played. That's his second most games played wow. in a season. So 122 last year. 78, so, hey, probably slowdown was going to happen. In fact, the injury might have helped us out in a way that he had energy left for the playoffs because if he does play in those 25, 30 games missed because of the injury, maybe he's just completely out of gas. So,
4: And some of his defense in the, in the playoffs was, I mean, vastly important, yes, along yeah. with some of the big hits that he had, too.
2: Yeah, so th- I'm hoping this year... I think he can be a, you know, if healthy, he can be a 30 home run, 100 RBI guy. There's going to be a lot of guys on base for him. It'll be interesting where he bats in the lineup, too.
3: Yeah. Look, could be third. And I'm intrigued about Evan Carter in terms of are we going to be switching this up for left-handers? Could this be a
2: different year where last year Simeon literally led off 162 games out of 162 games? I, I don't know, but I don't think he's going to lead off all 162 games.
3: Just as long as you let him still and play. I, and I He'll do –
2: well, I do I do think oh. this.
4: Oh,
2: Do you remember us asking Bochi near yes. the end of the year as Simeon was slowing down a little bit at the end of the year? And it was almost like we'd – it's kind of like they wanted to talk to Simeon about this and go, we love how you come to the park ready to play every day and want to play every day. It sounded like they were going to have a discussion on, is that best for the team and for you – Or should we give you kind of maybe a day off a month where, hey, it's a Sunday day game where, you know, obviously you don't have to worry about heat here. But let's just say you're in Atlanta. I'm just making up places that they'll play. But Atlanta's a real place. Yeah, well, that if it's a Sunday day game and it's 103 degrees or whatever, or you're in New York in humidity or whatever, like, hey, it's a we played Saturday night. Let's give you off on Sunday. We have a day off on Monday. This gives you two days off in a row to kind of get your body back to where we want it to be.
3: We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 through The Fan. Coming up next, I'm really excited about this segment, the Lions or Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, who will end up regretting yesterday's missed opportunities more. 877-881-1053. Let's do that next right here on the... Call
0: from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
3: A flip by Richie James Jr. That means this game is over and you can doubt the Chiefs. You can dislike the Chiefs. You can disrespect the Chiefs. You're going to have to deal with the Chiefs being the AFC champions for the fourth time in five seasons. KNC masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Both obviously suffered crushing defeats kind of for different reasons, but The Lions or I'm going to say Lamar Jackson and the Ravens who will end up regretting yesterday's missed opportunities more. The reason why I don't feel like a big talking point today is like I told you, Jared Goff, he shouldn't be in the MVP conversation. And people are like, well, sure. But like Lamar Jackson is a different deal because now he's going to have as many playoff wins as he does MVPs. And that is hugely problematic in what was supposed to be an off year for the Chiefs. Which team, which entity do you think will regret yesterday's missed opportunity? Because they both had it there for the taking.
2: I think Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. They destroyed San Francisco six weeks ago. I don't know exactly. But around, they destroyed Miami. I know Miami lost in the first round, and that was kind of a weird game with negative 24 there. But you just, you watched Baltimore. I'm going to be honest. By the time we got to Saturday and people are asking me, hey, what do you think? Like, man, I think Baltimore is going to win this game by seven or ten points. I just looked at their schedule and looked at their results, and I don't see how this Kansas City Chief team goes to Baltimore and wins. I just didn't. I didn't see it. I'm glad. Obviously, I'm wearing a Kansas City hat. I love Patrick Mahomes. He's my favorite quarterback to watch in the NFL, but I just didn't see that Baltimore team losing at Baltimore.
4: I, I saw the quote from Lamar where he said he's not frustrated, but he's angry. And that kind of that scares me.
3: He looks so sad on the sidelines.
4: Uh, and you, As you, you, should. you saw Beckham walk over and hug him and talk yeah. in his ear for like what seemed like an eternity. And it actually scares me more that he says he's angry because whenever somebody's mad about a loss like that, it festers with them when they're depressed about it. It just kind of, it consumes them, but whenever it's festering, it'll boil over. And now he did look like he was ticked off at, at flowers multiple times, throwing his helmet on the ground. Like he was just like, and maybe that will boil over at some point next season. If things aren't going the way he wants them to go. But I, I don't think he's going to regret it as much. I think that there are a lot of other things that happened around him, he played a pretty good game, man, like a, a pretty good game. There were lots of other things that went wrong for him. I think when I just saw the Reynolds quotes about how long it took him to answer questions at his locker last night for for the Lions and how he was like one game away from the Super Bowl. Yeah, That's the dude right there that I think going to regret it. He's not a star. He's not an elite player. He's a good player, and they trusted him to make these plays. They dropped some significant plays that could have gotten them to, to that point.
3: Okay, I want to circle back to him and the Lions. Just real quick. You were talking about Lamar Jackson. He started out, he started out rough, five for 12, 67 yards in the first half. And then obviously you mentioned the Zay Flowers thing, the interception where no pass interference was called, despite the wide receiver getting tackled in the end zone uh but let's go to cut number ten because Lamar Jackson also had a fumble. This is Lamar talking about his turnovers yesterday. I
2: felt like if we wouldn't turn the ball over, we definitely would have had a shot. We definitely would have came out with a win. But they did a great job and not turning the ball over and point points on the board. We're gonna get it back next time. We're not worried about that. You know, we all make mistakes. Um, this is first season. Um, it's my first time in this situation. It's his first time in this situation. We're gonna bounce back. You know, um, nobody played the game perfect,
4: yeah, and that's a good point too, Kevin, because if he plays the game perfectly but his defense and zay flowers were the only problems You might still lose yeah uh, then maybe he's frustrated with them as opposed to being mad and angry about it and that's the that's that that that, that part of it cuz yesterday there were a lot of penalties against baltimore that seemed dumb where you're just like you didn't have to do that I, we can i don't want to go back to the the roquan smith one because we kind of understand why that one played out the way that it did but there were other penalties where you're like, uh, maybe that's just their style. That Baltimore plays that grimy, gritty style, and they're just gonna—they don't care. If I get a 15-yard penalty for knocking somebody out, that's just the way that it is. We're gonna keep knocking you out.
3: I, I—we're gonna get to Detroit and go through their case and Reynolds' case. But I think I'm gonna say it ends up being Baltimore and Lamar Jackson that look back and regret this more because. They lost by seven points. They lost the turnover battle by three, including one that was dropped at the one-yard line, and it was still a close game. Like When you talked about all the reasons going in that it looked like Baltimore was the better team, they had three more turnovers, including one at the one-yard line, and they lost by seven points in what was supposed to be an off year for Kansas City. Burrow's going to be back. I just wonder... If the Ravens, and I'm a huge Lamar Jackson guy, make it back to the spot with home field again.
2: So one to look, the interception near the end that I know you both said was pass interference. Were you guys I mean Yes. You he, you believe that was a He bad literally call.
3: tackled the wide receiver before the ball got there, but I don't think he was going to catch it if he didn't tackle him.
4: I mean, he threw it into the, in the three. I mean, there was triple yeah, coverage yeah. on that. That was not a smart throw. And it was going to need to be a perfect throw from Lamar. Was that Likely? Yes, was Isaiah that, Likely.
2: Isaiah Likely.
3: Oh. So, I, I don't... thought if he caught it. I was like, probably and,
2: The, the, and I'm blank, Lamar Jackson, you have to see a safety over the top, and then a guy also in the middle that has help, like, like you're talking about. He was triple team. Like, there was really... I don't even know if there was a window. I don't even know. I don't even know if there is a perfect throw in that situation. But what is the wide receiver doing? Throwing his hand up like he's Randy Moss?
3: I got it. Throw it to
2: me. Like, I mean, tight end. It's just like I don't. That I I guess when I see replays, you rarely see a guy throw his hand up and there's a safety over the top and help in the middle of the field. And I'm thinking this. I'm going to give Lamar Jackson a little bit of leeway here, even though it's 100% his fault. Because yes. he's supposed to see you the still defense. still have to make the look. I'm just wondering, did he just see, did Lamar Jackson see likely throw up his hand? He's like, well, I'm releasing it. He must be wide open. No, he was not wide open. In fact, there was three people. He never even beat his guy to put his hand up. Like, I, I, I don't, I didn't get... That had to confuse Lamar Jackson a little bit. I'm giving, like, there's a little bit of confusion when your guy puts his hand up, like, I got him! And you're like, you got nothing. And that is true,
3: but I do think that Kansas City did a good job of having him, the defense, of having Lamar back on his heels all game. Like, you give up 10 points in the conference championship to an offense that had put a freaking hurt on some high-level teams, that's a hell of a job by the defense right there.
4: The... I wanted to add Zay Flowers in the he's going to regret it situation, but, like, did you hear him after the game where he was like, I will learn from this? Which I do like And, that and very Yes, much. absolutely, man. Learn from it, move on from it, and then and, and flush it, but also remember these things. And so I think that he has more future to grow into this role with Lamar Jackson, so I don't think he's going to regret it either. I understand what you're saying about having the number one seed, having home field, having the bye week and all that stuff, but man, I think the chiefs prove doing what they just did proves that it's a tough run to do it, Yeah, but it can be done. And, and, and it's just whether or not you, you know, can do that throughout the regular season to get there. So on the flip side, there is Detroit, and this is very different
3: because at no point, well, Baltimore didn't even lead in that game. So clearly they were never in control of the game on the other side. Detroit gets out to a 14 to nothing lead. And I have to admit, I was shocked in that moment when we were like, not even through the first quarter, it was 14 to nothing. I was like, what the hell is happening? And then even at halftime, they're still up 17 points. They're a team that they just fell apart in the second half. So while Baltimore, they never had control of this game, Detroit, I don't know when or if they'll be back here. Maybe Dan Campbell's like, it took me three years to get here. We'll be fine. But you look at how tough it is to get to this point and the fact that they gave up the biggest halftime lead in the history of a conference championship game. 17 points that the 49ers overcame. Biggest deficit ever made up after halftime in a championship game. You have to sit there as Detroit today and be like,
4: this, this was our game. We had it. Did you feel... Did you feel like San Francisco was gonna roll over at halftime, though? Because I, I was, I was, I kept waiting, going before halftime. I kept waiting, going at some point they're gonna have a play, and I just felt like it was going to happen at some point. But then uh, the, every time in the first half, I just kept being proved wrong. I,
3: I don't think I didn't think they were proven. gonna roll over. I thought San Francisco at one point would get the deficit down to ten and have the ball, and you were finally gonna be like here we go but it took not even a quarter for it to be like oh crap yeah and so I thought San Francisco would make it competitive but I still thought that they were gonna lose
4: in the conversation about Dan Campbell because let's let's go ahead and ask that do you think Dan Campbell will regret this do you want to do you want to go to Campbell yeah all right let's go to cut number eight this is Dan Campbell talking
3: about the fourth down calls not working out
4: I just felt really good about
2: us converting and uh, getting our momentum and and not letting them play long ball. You know they were bleeding the clock out. that's what they do, and I wanted to get the upper hand back. It's easy hindsight, and I get it, you know, I get that, but I don't regret those decisions, and that's hard, you know it's hard because you know they didn't we didn't come through. it wasn't able
4: to to work out, but I just I don't. I don't. And I understand the scrutiny I'll get. That's part of the gig, man. You know, we just just didn't work out. The the scrutiny is also it's interesting too because it's scrutiny about something that got them to where they were. That's Dan Campbell is what he what he was all season. Sure. That's 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 the kind of game that he called all year long many times, to the point where it did backfire on them against the Cowboys. In the weirdest game that we've seen in a while. <laughs> right. But like it that's who he is. And that team, that team follows him no matter what. They love playing for that guy. So that's that's a weird thing to say, I'm blaming you a thousand percent for this loss on something that he did all season long yeah. and got them in position to be in the NFC championship game. He didn't want to change who he was right at the end. And we'll actually probably discuss this a little bit at one o'clock too because I want to kind of get into that conversation a little bit regarding the Ravens and even the Cowboys to a certain extent. I, I, I understand calling a smart game and what everybody believes is the smart game and taking the points and all that stuff, but that's not what Dan Campbell was all year long, and people were louding everything he or those moves that he did throughout the season. To your point, you even saw it earlier in the game. Like, I don't want to pretend like these two particular instances is
3: where he broke it out. 34% of the time on fourth downs period this season, they went for it. when in opponent territory, 51% of the time. When it's fourth and three or less and you're in opponent territory, they went for it 18 of 21 times, including twice in that game. What was was their success rate? 15. 15 of the 18. So they had a staggering
0: Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
3: One of those was being converted. Now, whether or not that means hey, they were going to go ahead and score a touchdown, obviously, I can't speak to that.
4: I was a little more upset, and and Mike and I disagree on this, but I was a little more upset that he kicked the field goal right before halftime. I understand the concept of the reason I go for it on fourth down in their territory. A lot of times, is a it's a benefit if I if we if we succeed, right? If we make it. Then it's good for us.
2: Extra four points.
4: If we don't make it, uh, if we don't make it, then they're in a bad position, and there were only four seconds left on the clock. So he was like, "I'll just take the points because they're not getting any points back sure. here. There's no, there's no way we're gonna get a safety. So we're just gonna, we're gonna go for that, get the extra, the three points. But I, at that point, I felt like game flow. You had been destroying San Francisco, and you're on their doorstep knocking. Take it again. Take it one more time from them. Show them that that's, this is your place. You're here for that today. And that they can't keep you out of the end zone. Because I thought that that gave them life, and it made the I thought it made the Lions take their foot off the pedal but a little bit.
2: Let me ask you this, because you say life. Because, yeah, if you assume they score the touchdown, you kind of destroy them. But if they stop you on fourth down, doesn't that give them extra life? We just stopped him and we're getting the ball back. He kicks the field goal and it's a 17-point game I with 30 no, minutes I, to go. And I'm that. not saying you're wrong yeah. or right. Ultimately, I guess you could say, well, I'm right because they lost the game. And I could say, well, I'm wrong because they lost the game. And so I guess they should have gone for the extra four points. At the time, I just thought, man, Dan Campbell is, to me, but I'm old school and I know I'm wrong. I, I, I get where I'm wrong with everybody, but I'm like, man. I feel like too many teams pass up the three points where I just think those three points are valuable. You have lotion,
3: okay? Nobody knows what that is in reference to. Keep going.
2: So that's that's where I wanted to go with it. But I thought Dan Campbell did a nice job of coaching. Obviously, then he went a little bit different, and he said, I'm not going to take the
3: field goal here late in the game. And, that, and that's the interesting thing is I wonder if that first one changes, if the next one changes. And what I mean by that is, Let's say you were able to convert that touchdown and it is 28 to seven then, because they did have first and goal at the seven. Clearly, it did stall out from there, but it's 28 to seven. San Francisco gets the field goal to make it then 28 10 instead of 24 10. Do you find yourself in a situation where then on the first of those two, fourth down in question, does Detroit kick the field goal then because they were like, we got aggressive earlier? now this will put it up to 21. I have no idea. To Corey's point, I'm going to add this,
2: is if they're up 28-7, to seven, let's say they go for it and they get it, then maybe on, I believe it was fourth and seven, when they kick the field goal to make it 24-10, to 10, maybe Kyle Shanahan goes, I'm down 21. I can't kick a field goal here. Yeah, maybe and so. And so now it forces them Indeed. on a fourth and seven from, I don't know, I'm guessing about the 30-yard line. This is 25. The 25-yard 25 line to be like, screw it. We got to go for it because we're down twenty-one. We're not down seventeen.
4: Yeah. Maybe maybe it gets them out of their plan a little bit too, and that's just kind of those are those those little game decisions yeah. that they're going to have to. I I do wonder does Dan Campbell take from this game and say you know what, during the regular season, I'm going to be that guy again. And I'm never going to question whether or not. But during the playoffs, I'm changing that I, up. I thought
2: Greg Olson did a great job of explaining with a minute and change left, you can't run the football here because he saw what they were doing. He was bringing in a smaller wide receiver package, but also bringing in a package where I think Greg Olson knew on third down they were going to run, run it. And he pretty much said, if they don't get it here, then they really screw themselves over because they have to onside kick it. Which, look, I feel like there's a 0% chance of getting an onside it kick with the very, rules today. very, low. So I've, I didn't like on third down that he tried to run it in with a minute and change left and then had to use a timeout when they didn't get it in. Um, but, hey, it is what it is. I, I think Detroit, in a weird way, I guess they have a better chance of getting back next year than I see Baltimore. Okay. And, and the only reason I say that is – Maybe Jordan Love takes a major step up from what he did in the second half and did against the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs. But
3: you think the NFC is softer? Yeah, I
2: think Philadelphia is soft. I think Dallas is soft. I do think Green Bay could be an up-and-coming team. San Francisco is going to be there because they're still paying $800,000 to a quarterback. So that's right. 55 extra million a year right. from like the Dallas Cowboys that they get to spend
4: on their team. Chicago would be a surprise if they yeah. jump up. And I think Minnesota is kind of in a state yeah. of chaos right now. I,
2: I guess I look at the nfc and i go i think detroit has a better chance to get back to the championship game than baltimore does even though baltimore is better than detroit
3: No, i understand what you're saying so i
2: I just think the competition in the nfc is gonna be a little bit low next year
3: again we're the knc masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan and right now it's time for some mike likes
2: it i'm gonna break up sports for just a second here and then i'm going to since we're going to vegas next week I wanted to get into some of these Texas Ranger prop bets. Oh, that okay. I think you yeah. guys might be interested yeah. in since you can legally bet on the Texas Rangers cuz they they have some good odds to bet on in Vegas where like Seattle's considered a better team in Vegas right now than the Texas Rangers. So, just to give you an cool. idea on like you could maybe make some money if you believe oh, the Rangers gosh, are going right. to be good this year. But we were in a commercial break and our, one of our bosses, Tim Collins, came in here and was talking about some person that we could possibly have on the air next week. And it brought up the name Sheila. And then I thought of that sh- song, Oh Sheila, that my mom, I swear, every day that she went to the Duncanville Athletic Club, they did jazzercise. And this was one of the songs. And I would hear it on, let's say, K-Love a thousand times, it felt like in my uh-huh. life. So, Alec, <laughs> this was amazing to me because... Kevin is the same age as I am, and I thought, I've heard this song at least a 100 times, so let's play Oh, Sheila to the audience and see if the audience responds with, I've heard this song or never heard it in my life. Mm-mm-mm. Do you uh-huh. see
3: Jazzercise happening right now? I definitely can. It's- Sounds familiar, but I can't say a hundred percent. I know. Ready the for the
4: world. As it, is. it sounds okay. a little like Prince.
3: So, I love.
4: It's not. It's not Prince. Oh, it's not
3: Prince. I, I assumed it was. Okay. I
2: loved this song as a kid. I just thought it was a great song, and then would hear it a whole bunch of times, whether it was in the car or at uh, Duncanville Athletic Club, that uh, my mom would be doing jazzercise class to. Uh, but I just had to play that song, going. All right, audience. I felt like that was a really popular song in the 80s. Really popular. Am I wrong on that? Was that not a popular song in the 80s? It was just at my mom's jazzercise class that I heard it a whole bunch.
4: I'll. Def- that was very popular. Okay. It, it, from... And my, like, I know that song. I know my mom used to listen to that song, too. And she'd sing it all over the house. I mean, I get it's it. Still it's still a great catchy. song, too. Yeah. I
2: like the song right now.
4: We had a babysitter named Sheila uh, oh. very early on when the kids were younger. And we used to sing it. You know, even Lucy would sing it. She'd be like, oh, Sheila. And so, yeah, that that, that song <laughs> That's delightful. just sticks in my Play mind. A
2: president says a classic.
4: I'm probably going to end up seeing that. That's going to be an earworm for me for the rest of the B.
2: day. B-A-Mofo-Lady-T says yes she's she knows obviously all the words and loves it so uh mike needs a leotard from mike underscore x cowboys a lot of leotards happening in the 80s (laughs) during that time not i wasn't wearing them but the moms were
4: in this video okay in this video the guy it even looks like a prince video just the way that it's shot the guy's wearing the pop you collar. With go the with tie. what you know is successful, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like, it even has that look to it. And I did see somebody said KMC mixtape for Peaceathon this year. Oh, my God. That's a great do we, idea. Do we do it in, like, actual tape version or CD? Or, and then, like, put right, you know? Is CD just as outdated as I don't tape know. At yeah, I don't point. know. Do we just send out our Spotify list? There you go. I'll tell you what, if I ever teach spin
2: class again, Oh Sheila's making the cut. I never did. Scared spin scared me Sheila.
4: You said it the way you, oh, Oh. Sheila. I was like, oh, my God. And then cut. Yep. Okay. I was saying that a lot during the Cowboys game.
2: So, I found this interesting as I went to VegasInsider.com. I don't know if that's the best website for all the up-to-date. I don't gamble or anything like that. But I was like, man, I feel like there could be some things for, I think, you guys to bet on for the Texas Rangers. So, I found this interesting. This is just odds to make the playoffs right now. I'm gonna give you like the Seattle Mariners. Yes. Minus two thirty-five. So that means you have to bet two hundred and thirty-five dollars to win a hundred dollars for the like Mariners it. to make yeah. the playoffs. So I found that interesting because this is in alphabetical order. If I go to the Houston Astros, yes, make the playoffs in 2024. Minus 1050. That means you have to bet a thousand and fifty dollars to win a hundred bucks on the Houston Astros. So they're saying, look, without a doubt, pretty we, locked in we believe yeah. the Astros are making the playoffs. Now, maybe these odds are wrong. It says, In fact, they are. I'm going to shut my mouth as much as I can right what now. What just What's happened? Happening.
4: You still have 12 minutes left it in the It says 2023 no.
2: playoff props. So I thought, because it says up. Oh, no. Were you reading last year's it thing? It says odds as of January 28th. 2024 and then i go down and i'm like this isn't making sense there's no way it's there's and so it is a 2023 so really mess that one up really great on the air so you can dock my pay today spittle it's okay i I messed up i want to make sure this is right because i can't find it can't be right i must be messing this up but here it says 2024 world series odds i don't like betting on that because so many things have to go right for you true uh come playoff time the rangers opened up at plus 800 they are now at plus 1100 to plus 1300 so i know this is right because it says 2024 world series odds Mm -hmm. i wanted to get a little bit better on like things that you think you could win and i'm not saying hey bet on the Rangers, to win the World Series, that will obviously give you the most money because you have to run through the playoffs again and win it all.
3: Corey Seager for MVP. What does that do for you? (sighs) Like, is that a bet you'd be interested in?
2: It would be as I click on that. I did look at Rookie of the Year. (laughs) I'm sorry, I should have. Okay, so I looked at Rookie of the Year. The problem with Rookie of the Year is it didn't have Wyatt Lankford on the board that I could find, and it didn't have Jackson Holiday on the board, which I think those are the two... I think with Evan Carter, those would be the three people that you would want yeah. uh to bet on. And so it did have Evan Carter at plus two seventy five. So if you bet a hundred bucks on Ooh. Evan Carter to win the rookie of the year, you'd win two hundred and seventy five dollars. Plus obviously you'd get your hundred dollars back. Sure. So if, you're, if you don't understand gambling, they would they would give you money. They would give you three hundred and seventy five dollars back on your hundred dollar bet. Yeah. Do you like those, or do you
4: think that's too close to even odds? No,
3: I, almost three to one on your money on somebody that I think is a damn fine bet for rookie of the year. I like that.
4: And I, Mike, I know this is weird, but I see Antoine Kelly, who's in our our Rough Riders organization right now, uh-huh. at plus thirty five hundred and plus five thousand. That would be a put a dollar. And win so five thousand. I wonder if no, they let you put. 50. I don't.
2: I don't know if they let you put one dollar on odds yeah. like that. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but they might be like you have to bet a minimum of twenty bucks. Yeah, and, a
3: deal. And and at plus five thousand, that's fifty to one. All right. Sorry.
2: Fine. Okay. So Corey Seager right now is Fine. anywhere from plus six hundred to plus one thousand at different. Books. I think
3: that is a tremendous value. Put a hundred
2: dollars on
3: Corey Seager win a thousand dollars. Yeah, and for somebody who. I'm, I'm, I am guess I'm not surprised winning MVP is a tough thing, but he was second behind somebody who, hey, guess what? They moved leagues, so I, I'd be intrigued by that. To your
2: point, I just wonder, because the odds-on favorite is Aaron Judge at plus 550, then it's plus 600 for Juan Soto. What if they both have good years but not great years, and they're splitting votes exactly. a little bit? Now, maybe yeah. they're just splitting first and second-place votes, and one of them would win, but Corey Seager is... Third right now, or fourth, because they have Jordan Alvarez right there. It just matters what book you go to. Jordan Alvarez, though, as a left fielder slash DH, that always just seems tough to win an MVP when you're that
3: below average
2: defensively because they do take that into consideration in the MVP voting. Like, it's it's really tough. By the way, I I wouldn't do it because he gets hurt so much. It doesn't matter what team you play on. Mike Trout is at plus 2,000. It's just like you're really yeah. betting on health. If he were to be healthy for 150 games, there's a good chance he wins MVP. But I what's, but I don't what's think the that's chance gonna that he's, gonna, yeah. that he's yeah. going to do that? Long odds, a guy that I would be like, hey, this isn't bad because of the team he plays on is Gunnar Henderson. It says that one of the books here is plus 2,500.
3: I- That dude looks like he is. He finished. If you
2: take Shohei's war out because of what he did, and remember, Shohei's not in the American League anymore. He finished, I believe, third in war behind Simeon and Seeger. Wow. And that was as a rookie. So uh, he obviously gets a lot of credit for the defense that he plays. Now, will he stay at shortstop supposedly when. Rangers played in the playoffs against Baltimore. Baltimore people were telling the Texas people, as much as we love Jackson Holiday, we think Gunnar Henderson is so great defensively at short that they'll maybe move Holiday to third base when he's ready, okay. and keep Gunnar Henderson at shortstop. Even though Gunnar played both last year and can play both, that's a nice issue to have. Yes, kind of like the Rangers with Wyatt Langford. Yes, right. So that was the thing that I was a little bit frustrated with. With these odds and maybe I should do a better job of researching before. So I should. I, it's okay. But I just was like, man, what if... And you know when you parlay something, and yes. I know this, but if you parlayed, and I have no clue how this works, and can you do this? I don't know. What if you parlayed, if the Rangers are, let's say, a plus 200 to make the playoffs, Yep. and you have Evan Carter at plus 250 yep. or something like that for... I don't even know how this works. This is where it'd be fun. Like, Could you parlay? I, I want to put a bet on this card wins, the Rangers make the playoffs this year, one of the six spots, and Evan Carter wins rookie of the year. Or you do, Corey Seager wins MVP, and the Rangers make the playoffs. I wonder what you would get, like what your ticket would be, and I don't know how that works. You go up to the I don't know what the
3: minimum and, for parlay is in and terms say, of hey, how c- many things have to be yeah, on there, yeah. but if you did all three of those things with Seager, that could be about 40-1 to one on your money. All right, so that's me screwing up. Mike likes it. I still enjoyed it. I'm
4: proud of you, Mike. We're the KNC masterpiece right here on one hundred Fan. Far for the, the course on how my life's going.
3: Oh no! What does that mean? No, nothing. Means Coming nothing. up next. <laughs> oh it's man! Time. You oh, I me see you hug, Mike? I did
2: see this. I forgot it right now. Luka Doncic is plus seven hundred to win the MVP. Would you? Would you make that better? Do you think there's no way I don't with think their, their team? With is their good record, enough. they're yeah. the eight seed.
3: I mean, it's not a bad bet. I don't think I would.
1: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T-Mobile. Get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.